This is Retirement Keys with Anthony Kinjemi from Crescent City Retirement Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Anthony provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retirement Keys with your host, Anthony Kinjemi. Hello and welcome to another show of Retirement Keys. I'm Anthony Kinjemi. I'll be your host today and we of course, have our fabulous co-host with us this morning, Mr. Tony Shore, and we have a great show planned for you today on retirement questions uh, to ask before you retire. We think that asking good questions is the key. And uh, so before we get started, I'd like to, as I say, introduce our our, our co-host, Mr. Tony Shore. Tony, thank you so much for, for being with us this morning. Yeah, no problem, Anthony. It's great to be here with you. I'm excited about the show today because this is in our series. We've uh, had a couple shows already. I think this is our third in the series on questions you need to ask before you retire. Um, And uh, we're working our way through these 20 questions, what they mean, how to address them. And you've done a great job explaining them to us so far, Anthony. But you know what? Before we jump into all that, I wanted to tell you I've had a great week. Um, although uh, I'm planning for this coming weekend, my daughter's graduating from high school. So my youngest okay. daughter, Anna, I'll be going to the graduation on Saturday. And then next, the following Saturday, we're having her graduation party. So uh, just been busy with that, getting things ready. How about you? What have you been up to? Well, this past week uh, was, uh, you know, we had a short week with Memorial Day, and then we did on Friday, we took the, uh, you know, my oldest son, Anthony, loves fishing. So we go out to, uh, in Alabama, there's this town, maybe some of our listeners are familiar with Dolphin Island, not Dolphin, but Dolphin Island, and it's right there on the on the coast, And, uh, but I tell you, and I mean, the boats were out there and we, we fish around these platforms, these rigs that are out in the Gulf, not too far out, but, uh, nevertheless fishing all around them. And I'll tell you, Tony, you know, of course we love to fish and, and, uh, I'd love, and I'm always excited about bringing those fishing stories back home, but I really don't have any this time. I, I don't know what was going on, but we did not do well with the fishing and we sure tried, you know, but we had a good time. Nevertheless, it's always good to, you know, be with the kids and be with my family and, and do all of this. But, uh, but the fishing wasn't, uh, all what it was, uh, cracked up to be, uh, this time in our, on our trip. But, uh, anyway, it was very relaxing, but, uh, we're, we're glad to be back in the studio and, um, to really address these retirement questions that we think are so important. And let me just add before we jump into this, Tony, um, you know, this was years ago, but I remember reading a book and, and, uh, I forget, I forget what book it was, but, um, they, they, they talked about, uh, asking good questions and they used, uh, 
the computer as an analogy or Google. And so, you know, if you ask good questions, then, you know, good information is going to come out of it. But if you ask bad or poor questions, I mean, it's going to answer you as well. I mean, in other words, if I ask a poor question like, you know, uh, you know, why am I overweight? <laughs> I mean, if I ask that question, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get all kind of, well, because you don't exercise, you know, right. it's going to give me all kinds of answers. And, uh, or I could ask the question, uh, how could I be more healthy? Let's say. And then of course, that's a better question and I'm going to get better answers. Right. And uh, so at the end of the day, maybe it'll say exercise, you know, every day or, you know, eat better, whatever it might be. But my point is, if we ask good questions, we, we, we will get appropriate good answers. The, uh, what happens with retirement planning, or at least what I've noticed, is a lot of times we just don't know what questions to ask. I mean, we have some questions. We know we know certain questions. But, but what we built here, Tony, and what we want to offer all of our listeners is the top 20 questions that we think all anyone who wants to retire or is in retirement should be asking. They should be asking of themselves and they should be asking their retirement planner or their financial advisor. They should be asking these questions. Now, we're on number nine. Uh, if you don't mind, Tony, because I know it's been uh, a, a couple of weeks since we uh, did our last show on the questions. But I'd like to, if, you, if you're OK with this, I'd like to just read off the first. Oh, eight sure. Yeah. And just. Yeah, just to get us back Quickly going with recap. it. But, um, yep, the first eight, you can recap those for us. I'll, I'll do them briefly. And I just want to let our, our listeners know that we have these questions built out on a, a PDF on our website at crescentcityretirement.com. So we want you to get a copy of our these questions uh, because we really feel that they are, and they may not be the only questions you want to ask, but we think this is certainly going to get you started on asking really good questions, uh, as it relates to your retirement. So, um, anyway, that's what the show's about today, Tony. Yeah. And these, these questions have been great. So give us that recap on the first uh, eight questions. Sure, absolutely. So number one, so their questions are wrapped around the five keys that we talk so much about, the five keys to a stress-free retirement. And uh, those keys are certainly, you know, um, estate and legacy planning or what we would call um, uh, advanced planning, uh, health care planning, investments, income, and taxes. So that's really the five keys that we think are so important. And we have 20 questions wrapped around those five key areas. So the first four were on estate planning or uh, enhanced planning. And uh, the first was what um, enhanced planning documents should I have to uh, avoid legacy planning mistakes? So if I pass away, you know, what documents should I have in place to make sure that the transition of my estate goes very smoothly. So that would be the first question. The second was, how do I leverage what I have for wealth tr transfer? You know, a lot of times people are concerned about what they're passing on and they want to do it in the most tax efficient way. So the question is, how do I leverage 
what I have for wealth transfer. Uh, the third question was, what are the most tax efficient assets to pass on to my heirs? So some assets are more tax efficient than others to transfer on. So what are they? What are the most tax efficient assets to pass on to my heirs? The fourth question was, how do I handle a spendthrift, special needs, or minor beneficiary? So we talked about, you know, maybe we have a beneficiary or, or an heir that is not as good with money. And so how do we handle that? Do we want to structure payments to that person? And that's called, you know, what we, you know, for a term, for a trust, it's called a spendthrift, a special needs type person. Maybe there's somebody in the family that has a special needs uh, situation or minors. Maybe we have grandkids that we want to set something up for, maybe a college fund. So how do I handle that? So that was the first four. And that, again, was around estate and legacy planning. Uh, then question number five through eight was uh, around health care planning. And uh, question five was, what is the average cost of long-term care? So if I, you know, get discharged from the hospital and I need to go home or in an assisted living facility or a nursing home to recover, you know, what is the cost of that? Actually, you and I were talking before the show about uh, family members that uh, we've had that had uh, Parkinson's disease. Yeah. And uh, that's, of course, a long-term care issue. Uh, if I required long-term care, how do I protect my assets and remain independent? If I find myself in a situation where I need long-term care, you know, the key here is how do I protect what I have, my assets? And, and then, of course, I want to remain independent. I want a good lifestyle or the best lifestyle I can have. So that's question six. Uh, question seven, what does Medicare pay for as it relates to long-term care? You know, Medicare is a fabulous program, right? It's, yeah. it's but it's primarily hospitals and doctors. Uh, it's your medical care. Medicare is your medical care. But once you get discharged from the hospital and you're going to recover somewhere, the question is, what does Medicare pay for that? And uh, that's question seven. And then question eight was what are examples of long term care environments like where? can people uh, recover? And let me just say, you know, most people, if you ask and take a s survey, which we have, there have been many surveys on this. Obviously, I think, you know, our audience would agree that most people want to recover at home. And um, what I can what I can tell you is because of all of the advancements in technology and services, um, People can recover at home. I mean, they widen doors, they build ramps, they have all kinds of transportation services uh, that weren't available. They have these, you know, panic, you know, these buttons that you can press if you get in, get in a spot. Uh, you people can live at home now. They even have a lot of meal uh, options that are available. I mean, you know, door, you know, you you can order meals. So when we and we've been involved in in many of these, what they call plan of care, which is important. It's like, what is my plan of care? How how often do I need somebody to come and uh, help with with these items, or what services do I actually need? Because not everybody's plan of care looks the same. Aim, right. But right. because of the services available today and because of the technology today, there's a lot more we can build out for a plan of care where people can stay home. Uh, so anyway, the first eight questions, Tony, were around 
good estate and legacy planning and uh, health care planning. Yeah, long term. And then, of course, care. yeah, moving to question number nine, I think, at this point. Yeah. So uh, number nine is a, a great question. And that's how do I determine how much net income I will need in retirement? So after taxes, what am I going to need to live uh, and live comfortably in retirement? That's that's a huge question. I, I bet that's one of the first questions you get from a lot of people. You know, it, it really is. I mean, really, the first the, the two primary questions that we always want to know from uh, anyone that's coming in to talk about retirement planning as it relates to income, of course, is, you know, really the two questions are when you know, are you going to retire? So what is the time frame that we're working with? And then also the next question, which is this one, which is how much income will I need in retirement? Net, as you say, net income uh, after taxes, right? After federal and state taxes, after health care costs, like after all the expenses are out and taxes, what is my net number that I need to, uh, to live on? And, you know, there's uh, uh, rules of thumb, of course. Uh, I want to say, you know, the last, you know, uh, uh, white paper I read on this, they they talk about 80% of your working income in retirement, net income in retirement uh, is, is a number. Uh, I can tell you that, you know, the, the different ways to go about it, you know, there's these elaborate, Tony, there's these elaborate worksheets, spreadsheets, oh, Mint, yeah. QuickBooks. That oh, do my goodness. Thousands yeah. of calculations and yeah. Budgeting, downloading credit card statements, putting everything, categorizing, you know, real elaborate, you know, budgeting type uh, programs that, you know, of course we have at our disposal uh, to help clients with this. But, but, I would suggest that, and I and I hate to oversimplify this, but I would suggest that the the easiest way to determine this number, uh, if you're going to be retiring in the next three to five years, the easiest way to determine this number is to look at uh, the easiest way, and I might add the most accurate, in our opinion, or in my opinion, the most accurate would be to just look at what your net income is now, 100% of it. Like, what are you bringing in now after taxes, after insurance, after you contribute to, let's say, your 401k or whatever you're putting in? What is your take-home money now working? Uh, and if we use that number as a starting point, we, we've got to – because that's what you're bringing in now. Your lifestyle – is being, you know, supported uh, by your net income. And the reason why we're using the word net here is because when you're working, your gross income, of course, could be higher, but you could be paying higher taxes. You could be contributing to a retirement plan. So in retirement, you won't be contributing you know, to a retirement plan. You're not going to be putting in, per se. You're going to be taking out. Yeah. So we move from this accumulation phase, if you will, while we're working to the preservation and distribution phase. And so, yes, yeah, starting with that net number, because and that's at the a end big of the, transition that some people struggle with. Right. 
Yeah, well, and yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, they've been working. We've been working all these years. We've been working and saving and working and saving and paying off debt and raising our kids and all of this. Now, so yeah, I mean, it is. It's a transition, and uh, it needs to be thought out. Now, somebody could say, like, like in your case, you mentioned that you know you have a, a daughter who's getting ready to graduate high school. Yep. I know you have a son who I want to say has graduated college. Yep. So you've got expenses there that, you know, presumably will be, will be going away. Right. So you can, you know, you can factor that in too, or somebody might say, well, in the next five years, I'm going to pay off our house, the house will be paid off. Uh, so, you know, we won't have the mortgage and you're still going to have insurance and you're still going to have taxes, of course, but you won't have the principal and interest if the house is paid off. So again, looking at the income that's needed in retirement, uh, we can look at what your net income is now and use that as a starting point. And then if there's going to be re a reduction in expenses like kids are now on their own or houses paid off or something like that, then you can adjust for that uh, if 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 need be. But at the but at the end of the day, we, we don't want to shortchange ourselves. You know, we, we want a retirement income plan that's going to provide not only the, the bills and the expenses, but also the lifestyle, you know, the lifestyle that we're looking for in retirement. And, uh, so, so I guess to answer the, the question, how much should we be solving for as it relates to net income? We like to start with the net income that you're bringing in now as a base. And then of course that income over time needs to be adjusted for inflation. Um, because as we know, as time marches on, we're going to need more uh, income to satisfy our lifestyle based on the cost of living. Uh, but we run our plans to age 100, Tony. So we want to know that the income is going to last and it's going to increase over time to keep up with the cost of living. And uh, it's, it's really the number. It's dialing in. I remember ING years ago, this might be 15 years ago, ING, that company with the lion, that orange lion. I don't know if any of our listeners remember, but um, oh, yeah. I, yeah, and they, and their big, you know, platform was what is your number? Yep. That's what they, and, and that's what they were talking about. You know, what is the number? And all I can uh, encourage our listeners to think about is, uh, you know, what is our number? And, and let's not shortchange that number. Let's make sure that it's the right amount to where it's going to provide the lifestyle we're looking for. And then as we march on with that income, of course, we want to be tax efficient and that's going to be real important. But uh, I would say to answer the question in the, in the, in the long and short of it, we really want to start with the net income you're bringing in now. If that's been supporting your lifestyle, then we should at least use that as a an initial benchmark. We've talked a lot about this topic in past shows, so we'll touch on it here today for the rest of our show. Uh, but uh, what's the 10th question? So the 10th question is, is another income question, and it is, what are the best strategies to maximize my Social Security benefits? And, uh, Tony, I can't tell you how important this question oh, is. Huge. You know, 
It is. It's because the basis at the end of the, day, of the found, it's the foundation of retirement income planning, right? It, it really is. I mean, if, if income planning or retirement income planning is the foundation of a retirement plan, which we believe that it is, uh, because if you think about it, what is the thing that when you retire, besides getting your freedom and getting all of your time back, what is the number one thing that you are leaving when you retire? And that would be what? Your income. So when you retire, we know the income, the working income is gone because we've retired. So now we have to replace that income. So we know that in retirement planning, income planning is the found a foundational a piece of a retirement plan. And then, as you say, the Social Security strategy is the foundation of the income plan. So, right. So it's it's really fundamental here. You know, this is a foundational piece. And the question again, number 10 is what are the best strategies to maximize my social security benefits? The other thing I can tell you is when you look at a maximization strategy on social security and you tie that into the overall retirement income plan, you'd be surprised at utilizing the optimized maximization strategy versus just picking up, you know, oh, I'm going to retire at 65, so I'll start my Social Security at 65. Or I'm going to retire at 62, so I'm just going to start at 62. You know, that that sounds, you know, simple enough to, to do, but you would be surprised at when you look at a retirement income plan and you just plug in, you know, any random when are you going to start to actually optimizing Social Security planning how much different the numbers look. I mean, it's in some cases it's, it's significant. And the re and the reason is Tony, I mean, of course, you know, life expectancy is, is the thing here, right? We don't know how long everybody's going to live. Everybody has a different time horizon. Yeah. Right. But if you, uh, if we use, which the social security report does, if we use, uh, your, the average life expectancy, of a person, a male or a female. And then especially if you're married, if you're a married couple, then there's the, you know, survivor benefits and depending on, you know, your date of birth, there may be some benefits you can draw off of the spouse and then let yours continue to roll up and then switch to your record. Uh, depending on the age difference between the spouses, for the survivor benefit and how much longer that spouse is going to live with the, with the survivor benefit. I mean, when you really crunch the numbers with this social security maximization report, it, it, it's an actuarial number crunching report, but it, it shows the filing strategies and it shows four options. It shows what if I start now or what if I start at the earliest or what if I start at full retirement age you know, or what if I, what, or what if I wait till I'm 70? What if I, you know, and then of course the optimized strategy. So it, it really, it really breaks it all down. And, and what I can tell you is we don't run any retirement income plans until we run a social security maximization report. Um, because we want to make sure that we're not missing anything. Right. And, um, you know, invariably I can tell you, Talk about misdiagnosing. I mean, 
it, it can happen so quick. If you just think in your head based on a calculator and a legal pad, like we <laughs> used to do, <laughs> I'm guilty. I mean, we, we, that's how we did it. But with these, with, you know, technology and, and, and advanced, you know, planning has come a long way. And when you look at the social security strategy, especially of a married couple, um, and then you build that optimization strategy inside of the overall retirement plan, it, it, it can make a big difference between yeah. how that retirement plan actually looks. Huge. Well, and I think you've done a great job of answering these two questions today. We talked about how much net income will we need in retirement and what's the best strategy to maximize social security benefits. But we're out of time for today's show. Anthony, let our listeners know one more time how they can get a hold of you and set up that complimentary consultation to get their plan in place. Absolutely. Just first go to CrescentCityRetirement.com and please get your hands on these questions. They're free. It's no obligation. It's really the best after many, many years of working with retirees and building retirement plans and seeing, you know, and being involved in thousands of retirement plans over the years. As far as we're concerned, these top 20 questions are key questions. And uh, we want you to get your hands on them. So you just simply go to crescentcityretirement.com. You'll see right there on the front page of the website, a, you know, a button that says to get your, you know, questions for retirement. And then let us, let us send you that PDF. And uh, that's the first step. Read through the questions, start thinking through these questions, and then give our office a call or request a complimentary consultation. We can do it by phone, a Zoom meeting if you prefer, or, or, or what we I'm happy to meet with our clients and prospective uh, clients, and uh, we can just sit and visit and talk about your retirement plan. So we'd love to do it. We really want you to get these questions in your hands. So please take advantage of that. And I do have that special offer I would like to, to offer to all of our listeners today. All right, and that does it for today's episode of Retirement Keys with Anthony Congemi. Thank you for listening to Retirement Keys. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Anthony Congemi at Crescent City Retirement Group. Call 504-828-2171 or visit the website at crescentcityretirement.com. Com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Anthony Congemi and Crescent City Retirement Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.